Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to this special episode of Gold to Go, one that I've been teasing for a couple days now and welcome to it. Yes, I know it took me a little bit, but now we're here. So let's just celebrate that fact and uh, do this. So this is going to be a bit of a thing. I don't really know how to organize this um, into the best parts and explain it right now, uh, which, you know, it's not like I've ever done that before. Uh, we know how I was like, you, you and I both, if you've, if you've listened to these, you know that these can sometimes be a little rambly, but they have a point. So, the way I'm going to try to organize this is it's going to be, uh, basically, talk about the background behind the everything, uh, talk about one of the things I actually really like about that background, and then go a little bit deeper into everything, and then basically try and give my thoughts on this whole thing, and yeah. Because it's a bit complicated and will require me to just, you know, probably it's best to just start by starting. Because this is the beginning of what was a deep dive for me into NFTs and stuff. So before we get into everything, let me actually explain what happened to get me to notice any of this and to get me started on a deep dive. So there are... Many things going on in the world of name, image, and likeness that I've been looking at. I've covered many of them on this show. Um, although it seems to be that a lot of them happen to be bad, that tends to be where I look into, because I tend to look into things that are more problematic. And then I saw that one of LSU's gymnasts happened to get an NFT. Her name is Sarah Edwards. She's a fifth-year senior, um, taking the fifth COVID year that was given to all, I believe, I believe it was given to all athletes uh, after last year. And um, for the first time, uh, a collegiate gymnast has an NFT. They said first female collegiate gymnast. I would be shocked if there was a male collegiate gymnast that actually had one. But, you know, I didn't look for it because I don't know the names of any of them. And that would have taken way too much effort. And I was spending more time trying to actually dig into this one thing. So on December 4th, she posted about it on her Instagram and you could go to a page and you could buy the thing. There were 50 in stock uh, that you could buy and you'd buy the NFT and bada bing, bada boom, you'd own it. So before we even talk about that whole having an NFT thing, let's talk more about the background behind how this could have even happened and specifically how this partnership would have come together. So we begin by talking about a company called Matchpoint uh, Connection. Matchpoint Connection uh, is actually, uh, it's a company that was founded by a former coach uh, in Baton Rouge, former basketball coach in Baton Rouge, uh, an athlete from Baton Rouge, yes, that's right. Founded here in Baton Rouge. And um, it's uh, kind of crazy that this actually happened. Yeah. Jonathan Pixley is the guy. He didn't necessarily found it, but he is one of the people that's on the board. And yeah, let's just get back into the thing. So basically, what do they do? What do they do well for athletes, for collegiate athletes? Uh, they connect them with brands and they kind of work as a way to help them uh, figure everything out. Um, from what I understand of how it works, it's like they run, they're like a manager almost, helping, you know, get athletes connected with brands, making the deals kind of for them and being like, hey, uh, 
we have this open for you. Would you be willing to do it? And like, they'll say yes, and then they'll do the thing. I mean, I really don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like having an agent. It's basically like having an agent. Um, and to be honest, like before I get into the rest of this, this actually sounds like a really good idea for every athlete to have some sort of thing like this, or at least access to it. Because you're dealing, because athletes are already dealing with the stuff of, you know, school and the athletics. Now dealing with this is just another nightmare that you'd add on to something. And while they're being given information, like uh, LSU's had people come in and talk to uh, many of the sports teams and just tell them like, hey, here's some things that you should you know, know about like building your brand online, this, that, and the other thing, having the ability to work with someone to do that and to help you with that is a lot better. And I think that honestly, that should just be a thing that universities do. You partner with a company that exists. I'm not just saying Matchpoint, but Matchpoint would probably be the one that LSU would partner with just because of the whole it's in Baton Rouge thingy. Um, and you'd like say, hey, if you need something or you need someone to help you, here it is. It's, you know, we got that partnership with them. It's kind of like how you have partnerships, I guess, with intern, with like companies for internships. I have no idea how this would work. I genuinely think there could be like conflicts of interest here and other such problems. And I haven't thought this through because, well, frankly, I don't know if anybody's ever thought this through. This is NIL. We're not talking about things that were well thought of. Um, I'm just saying. But yeah, I, I just think that the idea of like partnering with a company just so that you have the ability to make things easier and better and teach people how to do things and get them connected so that they have less stress on them because they're already having to deal with a bunch of other stuff and this is such a new thing and business is not easy. I think that that would be a great idea. Uh, be great to open up opportunities for everyone. Just, just a theory, if anybody here is listening that would actually be able to do that or would be able to understand like how to do that, like, if you pitch this idea, I want my consulting fee. I want my consult. I'm just saying, where's my $20 million? As I always say. But yeah, that's, that's basically match point. They, they connect. They seem to do a very good job. And she happens to be an ambassador for them, uh, which means I guess they're paying her more money or something. I don't know what it means, but it means something important. It has to be. That's a specific title. But of course... Matchpoint isn't the one that's making this NFT. That would be ridiculous. That's not their business. So who is in that business? Well, it's a company called Athlete Assets. And I'm going to read a quote from their website. Athlete Assets is dedicated to supporting athletes, athletic departments, and agencies of all levels to maximize the value of name, image, and likeness. First of all, before I finish reading this, athletes, athletic departments, and agencies all for some reason have their A's capitalized. Except for, I'm sorry, it's a capital A for athletes, capital A and D for athletics, athletic departments, and a capital A for agencies. This is despite the fact that none of those are capitalized normally. This is not German. Come on, guys. Anyway, off of my rant about that for some reason. Uh, we produce high-end blockchain digital asset content and technologies and support our clients with a top-to-bottom service approach. End that quote. So who are they? Well, first of all, they use Ravencoin. That is the blockchain on which they are based. Ravencoin is also a coin. You couldn't tell from the name. Um, and uh, 
Yeah. By the way, for those wondering, all none of you, this coin has not been going through great times. On the 3rd of this month, December, aka the day before uh, that whole NFT was announced, uh, from the hours of 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the coin went from 1022, I'm sorry, 0. 0.1022 per coin to 0. 0.08008. I'm sorry, that was, yeah. And then at 3 a.m. that very morning, it was at 0. 0.1171. That is a calamitous drop. I don't know how it happened because I don't understand crypto that well, and I'm not going to try to say that I understand crypto that well because, yeah. Anyway, um, Athlete Assets, by the way, they're based in Mesa, Arizona. They're actually a brand of a company known as IP Assets Technology. They raised $1.4 million uh, in July, and they merged with Mango Farm Assets at that same time. Uh, they released an NFT in late November to commemorate Arizona's Women's Basketball uh, National Championship appearance. Uh, they made 6261 at $8.95 a pop. They've sold four of them. Yeah, they sold four of them. This happened very late in November. It was mined on the 28th. I don't know when they officially announced it, but yeah, four of them. That's not great. And I mentioned that mainly because there were 50 made available of uh, Edwards's uh, NFT. There are 30 still available. If you want to buy one, they're 25 bucks. I don't know what the hell they're doing there, but it ain't working. It's not making them money. And I think there's a reason for that that we could talk about later. In fact, there is a reason. I have a theory as to why that is that goes into a whole other thing, but that is for later. You're going to have to listen to me talk for a while. So, look. Um, let me get a little bit deeper into this. So, Sarah Edwards went on the Jordi Collada show, which is a really good show that I need to listen to a lot more, um, on Thursday, so this past Thursday, that would have been the 8th, would that have been the 8th? Either way, it doesn't matter. What does matter is that she went on the show. When asked about an NFT, she could not really describe it that well. Uh, her best way to do it was to say that it's like cryptocurrency, kind of-ish, which I guess, in a way, it's built on the same technology, but it's not like cryptocurrency in that way. It's very, very different. Um, but I understand it. Now, in my personal opinion, how the heck are you going to sell something if you don't know what the heck it is? That's just a personal opinion. How are you supposed to sell something if you don't know what it is? However, that's also not on you. If somebody wants you to sell something, they better tell you how to sell it. It's on the marketing agency for not knowing what they're doing. I'm just going to say that right there. You, as a marketer, need to make sure that the person, that if you're getting someone to endorse and market your product, they know what it is so they can tell someone. Because if you can't tell me what the heck I'm buying, I'm not going to buy it because I'm not going to buy something I don't know what I'm buying. And most people won't. You need to be able to explain it. And you need to be able to... I was like, and if you're not able to do that, that's not on you. That's on the people who should have told you it. 
That's how a lot of this works for me. I tend to blame marketing agencies more than actual people doing it because guess what? The actual people doing it, uh, they're just being told to do a thing. However, I came into this thing saying that NFTs are a scam, this, that, and the other thing. And I feel bad for having done that because I gave you guys a false impression. NFTs are not necessarily a scam. Heck, I barely really knew what NFTs were. I needed to get some more reading done on them because I had a vague understanding of what they were, but not a full understanding of how they were built. Um, and so, what I think is important right now is, as part of this deep dive, to explain what are NFTs? Because how are we going to talk about a thing we don't know? Although I've tried doing that before, haven't I? <laughs> so, let's see. How is, what's the best way I can describe an NFT? Um, the best way I've put it, and I made it one sentence, it's a thing you can own that is neither physical nor truly ownable. Note that I had thing and own in air quotes. Yeah, that's that's what it is. If you want a very quick explanation of what it is, it's a digital asset. That It's a type of digital asset. And if you understand that that... Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? So usually it's like a photo or a 3D model. In this case, it's a 3D model. Uh, it Or it's a video or it can be a piece of music. Uh, but either way, you don't physically own it. No. You never truly own the thing you paid money to experience. And here's why. That's impossible. It is not possible for any of the... for. This is going to probably blow your mind. I'm not even joking here. NFTs don't actually work the way that they are pitched to work. No, that's not how... Okay, they work on blockchain technology. It's technologically incapable of storing those files. We're talking about uh, PNGs, uh, GIFs, um, you know, 3D image, uh, 3D model files, um, you know, MP3s. It can't store those files. It's just incapable of doing so. Like any one of the NFT platforms that you see anywhere, they're incapable of doing it. Uh, they instead kind of use a, they basically use a quick fix created by a developer uh, that was in a pinch. Which, by the way, sounds insane for something that's kind of a, become a huge thing, but number one, yeah, it is insane. Number two, if you think that's insane, there's worse out there. There are, there are those in computer code that runs very important stuff um, that we just don't know about because a programmer was lazy and decided to make a quick fix and it's running something very important and if it stops working, uh, things get bad. Yeah, those exist everywhere and they exist in places you really hope they don't. Because, like, a few years ago, like, se several years ago, there was a bug found in um, a piece of... I'm trying to remember what it was, but it's... It, it was used for servers, um, and it's a command line software, and it was a bug that had been in there for 40 years. Welcome to computer programming. But of course, I'm saying all of this. Why don't I just, instead, what I'm about to read to you 
is a direct quote from an article from The Atlantic. It was uh, published on April 2nd, and it's written by Anil Dash. He and Kevin McCoy basically created the technology for them in 2014. Here is Anil Dash on creating that technology back in 2014. And by the way, I should point this out. He mentions at the top of it, uh, McCoy was a much better programmer than he was, but one of these two guys had to write it, and it just so happened to be Dash. So, here it is, direct quotation. Quote, If you liked an artwork, would you pay more for it just because someone included its name in a spreadsheet? I probably wouldn't. But once you leave aside the technical details of NFTs, putting artworks on the blockchain is like listing them in an auction catalog. It adds a measure of certainty about the work being considered. By default, copies of a digital image or video are perfect replicas, indistinguishable from the original down to its bits and bytes. Being able to separate an artist's initial creation from mere copies confers power, and in 2014, it was genuinely new. But the NFT prototype we created in a one-night hackathon had some shortcomings. You couldn't store the actual digital artwork in a blockchain. Because of technical limitations, records in most blockchains are too small to hold an entire image. Many people suggested that rather than trying to shoehorn the whole artwork into the blockchain, one could just include the web address of an image, or perhaps a mathematical compre I'm sorry, compression of the work, and use it to reference the artwork elsewhere. We took that shortcut because we were running out of time. Seven years later, all of today's popular NFT platforms still use the same shortcut. This means that when someone buys an NFT, they're not buying the actual digital artwork. They're buying a link to it. And worse, they're buying a link that, in many cases, lives on the website of a new startup that's likely to fail within a few years. Decades from now, how will anyone verify whether the linked artwork is the original? And there, oh, I'm sorry, unquote. Oh, I'm sorry, not unquote. <laughs> There's more. All common NFT platforms today share some of these weaknesses. They still depend on one company staying in business to verify your art. They still depend on the old-fashioned pre-blockchain internet, where an artwork would suddenly vanish if someone forgot to renew a domain name. Quote, Right now, NFTs are built on an absolute house of cards constructed by the people selling them. Unquote. The software engineer... John T. Waring recently wrote on Twitter, and that is the end of that quote. By God, have unreleased teas become a little bit of a part of the way I'm speaking right now, but yeah. So, to summarize that, when you buy an NFT, you don't buy the thing, you buy a link. Because you can't buy the actual object itself, or the actual asset, because it's impossible. Now, I don't know if Ravencoin can do it, but I will say this. It runs on blockchain technology that was created in 2009. Yeah, you would think... Oh, I'm sorry, not 20, not 2009. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. That would be stupid. 2015. Like, the beginnings of it were... The workings for it were coming about in 2009. But it wasn't until 2015 when it uh, first got released. It works on uh, the interplanetary file system. Yeah. Or, um, the IPFS. So, yeah. Probably works and does the same thing. So, when I said it was a scam, what I meant was, you are not buying the thing you're sold. But that's fine. By the way, did you know that on the website, 
uh, and on the storefront for buying the Sarah Edwards NFT, you can go to a link uh, that has a 3D model of the thing you could buy for free. That's basically just the same thing as if you bought it, but without having to spend $25. Which seems like a really dumb idea. Why would you give someone a product for free and then ask them to pay for it? It is like telling... It is like putting... And I'm going to use a wrestling analogy only because it's something I actually know works. It's like putting Rock versus Hulk Hogan on SmackDown and then telling people, oh no, you actually should pay for this. And it being like the one time they were ever going to fight. Like, not as a precursor to anything. No, the one time ever. Hogan, The Rock... You put that on free TV. You don't do that. That's not how this works. No, if you want to sell someone something, you don't give them the chance to get the whole thing for free. That doesn't make any logical sense. So, then with all of that, if if you don't even get a, the thing, if you're not even buying the thing, why does anyone buy NFTs? Well, sometimes people do it to support someone and to support an artist But at this point, you're not spending $69 million to support an artist. If you wanted to do that, you'd give them $69 million. You instead buy an NFT. Most, many people who are buying NFTs are buying them as stores of value. It's like fine art. In fact, fine art is the best example for this, and it's why I'm going to use it as an example. Um, Because that's what it is. You don't buy it because you care about the thing itself. That's why those stupid little picture thingies go for so much money. It's not that they care about the actual pictures. No. It's not that people cared about those crappy drawings of trucks. No. It's because they're stores of value. It's because they have the potential to be worth even more in the future. And thus, buying it now gives you the chance to make even more money in the future. It's an investment. Which... It's not a stable investment. It's a terrible investment. Um, anybody who would do that as a good investment and who tells you it's a good investment is lying to you because it, it... And by the way, I'm telling you something that is, while not technically true, it is my opinion that if someone tells you that it's a stable store of value, that that's a lie. That's my opinion. It's based on evidence from everything else I've seen. It's based on evidence from the dot-com bubble. It's based on evidence from a lot of bubbles that'll burst. These are being rapidly inflated by people whose only goal is to make more money off of them. And the only people that are going to buy this for the stupid prices that they are being sold for, at least the big-time ones, are people who are trying to sell it for more money later. Like, it's it's just a circle. But of course, those are the big-time ones. What about the small-time ones? Most people aren't buying them. Like, most people are not buying NFTs. The normal, average, everyday person will not buy an NFT because they don't know what it is, because setting it up seems very hard to do. Um, It seems like all this technical work, and most people don't want to deal with that. So they just don't care about it. Tech bros seem to be the ones that are pushing NFTs. Except for celebrities, because they seem to find a way to make ego off of it. I'm not saying athletes are doing this for ego. I'm going to explain why I think this is happening for them in a couple of seconds. But, like, 
just in general, if you want to make money, you wouldn't do it with an NFT. That's my thing. If you look at the numbers here, only 20 of these have been sold out of the 50 that were made available, and it's been 11 days. This isn't flying off the shelves. By the way, when I looked at this the first time, it was Monday. It's now Wednesday. None have sold. And this is the first time this has ever happened. Now, could you have seen this coming? Yes, you absolutely 100% could have. Uh, she only has 22.1k Instagram followers. She's not top five on the team. She's not even top five on the team. And by the way, um, I even excluded incoming freshmen, and I think she's she's fifth among those who've been on the team for at least a year, and she's not top five if you uh, include incoming freshmen. Because Aaliyah Finnegan has 32,000 followers. So that's a problem. You have someone who does not have the reach, does not have the engagement, far from the engagement, by the way. Um, the percentages are bad. I think it's 22,000 followers, and that post had 2,000 likes? So that's one eleventh of your followers are actually liking and engaging with your posts, which is terrible. Um, yeah, you'd hope for, I don't know what the numbers should be, but you'd hope for better than that. Especially with a smaller follower count, because that would mean it get pushed out to more people. I don't know how Instagram works that well, but all I'm saying is that from what I was, from what I remember from my marketing class, uh, one eleventh is not great. Like, I think you at least want one tenth. Again, I could be entirely wrong. I don't remember Instagram because Instagram is not my, you know, the platform that I tried to learn more about. That was YouTube. Um, if this were a YouTube thing, I could talk a bit more about it, you know, stuff. But anyway, so, of course, it's not selling out. She's not a big name. If this were Livy Dunn, would it sell out? Maybe. Sharif O'Neal, by the way, is dropping an NFT. I don't know how much that's going to sell. Because again, with all these athletes and buying an NFT, do people really want that? Why do people want them? Like, I get it if it's a famous athlete, like, you kind of have like, ooh, yes, I get this cool thing. But like, it's not like a basketball card. You can hold a basketball card. But with an NFT, you're not going to have that forever. Not necessarily. No. Event... Like, if the startup fails, like was mentioned in the article, what happens? You don't own that anymore. It's gone. What proof are you going to have? What access are you going to have? You're not. And that's an issue. And the other issue is, I don't think NFTs are the right market for athletes. The main reason for that is that, as I said before, most people who buy these, buy these as stores of value. Fans of athletes are not necessarily going to buy NFTs because they don't necessarily know how they work. Like, looking here, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the women's basketball thing. I genuinely don't think that was a smart idea. I genuinely don't think that that made any sense to do an NFT based on that stuff because the audience just wasn't there for it. I mean, I don't know where the audience is for any of this stuff, honestly. Because the audience for NFTs makes no sense, and it looks like it's a market that's, you know, maybe seen its bubble. Like, it, it it's coming up. It's coming up. It's going to burst. I'm just going to say that right now. I don't think NFTs make it uh, the way they've been going. 
Like for me, I think the NFTs just kind of sort of fall off the map in a couple years. And like they go, I don't think they go underground necessarily, but basically they aren't this big time business venture. And eventually people figure out how to do them and they figure out how to use them. It'll take a long time, but right now we're at a point where it's unsustainable. I think the NFTs could work. I genuinely think that if you got the right people doing it, you can market these to the average person. However, crypto isn't really that mainstream yet. Most people don't know how to invest in crypto. They don't understand what crypto is. They hear it and they think of it as a buzzword because that's what it is. It is not something that everyone does. Most people don't do it. It's a very small percentage of people who actually do this. And that's okay. But when you want... What my point is here is that I don't see any reason for athletes to be doing this because it's not going to make them money. It's not going to make big-time companies money because you're, again, not going after the right audience. My thing is, and I'm not a marketing or business major, but this is just general common sense, you need to know who the heck you're marketing to, and more importantly, if they are going to buy it. So, for this case, let's think about this. Let's let's do a little bit of a, I don't want to do, call it a marketing case study because I'm just an idiot sitting behind a microphone, but, um, you know, let's kind of think about it for a second. So, in order for this to have come about, we need to ask ourselves, uh, I know, uh, the reason I'm doing this, by the way, is because I never got the answer. I reached out to uh, her, by the way, um, and I've not gotten a response back. Just wanted to ask a few questions. So this is my entire speculation, and I could be entirely wrong. But this is what I'm thinking of went on to get this idea pushed. So number one, you have a company that wants to do NFTs. You have IP assets technology, they create this thing because they see NIL as the future, which a lot of companies do. Granted, they don't know how to use it yet because it's such a complete and utter mess right now. But still, let's not get onto that. Let's instead get back to where we were. So they think, okay, we should partner with an athlete, a female athlete. Why? Because that'll make us look a good and be we will do something that's big. We will do something that will get us headlines. We will do something that will get us noticed. And that will sell product. So they come up with an NFT. So because they're an NFT company, uh, they go to Matchpoint. Matchpoint's made an NFT before. They worked with a, I believe it was a former Texas running back. If he's not former, he's current. Uh, but a running back at the University of Texas to launch an NFT. And I think this is back in July. So... This wouldn't have been the first time Matchpoint's done this. So they knew that. So they went to them and they said, Hey, do you know anybody that would want to do an NFT? So they reach out to their ambassador. And they're like, Sarah, do you want to do an NFT? And you would obviously see that she would say yes. Probably being, it was like, in my opinion, it's just like, yeah, I guess that sounds like a good idea. There's really no downside to doing it. What the heck's going to go wrong? Like, honestly, because you're not really... The, that company is going to be the one that's going to be held liable because you're working through someone else and they're going to mess around with that. Um, although you will take a lot of flack if this thing ends up being a scam or that company that you are working with, Athlete Assets, that brand, IP, 
assets technology if they ended up if they end up being like really bad you are going to take some flack for it and you are going to have to because that's how this works because when you are uh i don't want to say shilling that's bad and that is completely separate when you're endorsing something when your literal picture is on it when your signature is on it when you are on it you're gonna take flack if they do something wrong because you didn't say no and you didn't look into it and people are going to assume that you should have known better and also it is your responsibility that is just a thing that happens anyway back to the where i was um i know i got off track a little bit let me get back on track to where i was which was of course how did this come about and so they're like let's do this nft thingy it'll probably bring us money and so they do it and then what happens they don't sell it well no one buys it the only people that buy it and i'm looking at 20 that's probably friends and family. That's about it. That's friends and family. 20, that's about it. Like, it's not people who are actually investing in it. Nobody is going to buy that thing and flip it because it's not going to gain value. The moment you buy it, it loses value. It depreciates. Most NFTs work this way. Most assets work this way. Most everything works this way. Investing in stuff, like that's how 90% of them work. They're stores of value, and most of them lose it. Like cars, and art, and coins, and anything you want to buy that's a collectible. Beanie Babies. NFTs, by the way, uh, being compared to Beanie Babies is not, I'm not the first person to do that, and I won't be the last. But yeah, like, just, This was a bad idea. Not like, it's going to blow up in your face, but uh, especially because if uh, they're actually, if they've sold 20 of them, they've made money. Uh, because if they mined all 50 of them on the day they did at a certain specific time, uh, then it only cost them 26.50 to mine all of them. So, yeah, they've made a profit. They, they made a profit. So, that's good for them. But still, they're not in a great spot. This is just a bad idea. In my opinion, NFTs plus athletes does not equal money. Because, again, points that I've made earlier, just going to reiterate them. Number one, who are you... Actually, I never even addressed this thing because we need to do this. Who the heck is your audience here and why would they buy this? I You have to ask this question. Whenever you're going to sell something, who's your audience? Why would they care? Why would anyone care? Sony has to spend money on something. Alright? And 25 bucks is not cheap. It's not cheap at all. So you have to convince somebody to spend $25 on a thing that if they know anything about it, they know they cannot physically own it. It's digital. You need to somehow convince someone, in my opinion, who does not know much about NFTs, to buy one. And in my opinion, most people can't be convinced. Mostly because you look online, most people haven't been. Most people don't buy them because it doesn't make sense. It's just this trendy thing among some people, but not among the general public. It's not a major craze among the general public. It's just a bunch of 
Frankly, it's a lot of tech bros that are into this. It's a lot of investors that are in this. It's not the general public, but now you're trying to sell to it. You are not... The market that you're trying to reach is not the market that is invested in this product, which is a very, very big problem. Because when those two things are never going to intersect, when they run parallel to each other, you don't make money. You don't. It's dumb. This craze is dying down. People are realizing that this is kind of dumb. Also, your stuff is not going to make money. Because it does not have something there that people think could make money. It's not like those random other things that people thought were going to make money because A, that was early on and people are really stupid with money early on because they think they need to spend all of it. Um, and number two, those things were most definitely stores of value alone. Unlike this, which has actually got a secondary purpose of being like a trading card and, you know, kind of supporting the person. Yeah. So, ugh, if you can't tell, I'm really rambling on and on and on here because... I just think this was a really dumb idea. And I don't blame anyone for it. It's just that you kind of didn't think ahead about it. You didn't... I think that this is going to be like a great example of why just because you're a pioneer in something, it doesn't mean it means anything. And it doesn't mean that it was a good idea or it's going to gain anything. Like... It doesn't matter if you're the first to do something. Some things, it's like there are many people who were the first to do something and that thing they did was pointless and no one cared. Like there are so many failed video for uh, so many failed storage formats that lost to USB. That just don't work. Okay, there's so many failed storage, there are so many failed versions of this, that, and the other thing in the technological world where people were the first to do something, but it ended up meaning nothing. That's not a bad thing, but it just is a fact. And I think this is an instance of that where, yeah, you're the first, but it's not going to end up having any sort of consequential impact on like NIL, in my opinion, I don't think it's going to have a consequential impact on NIL in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't think it's going to have an impact on how NFTs are viewed. I don't think it's going to have an impact on uh, the brand itself because, like, this isn't going to sell that well. You need to get with people that have a better following and that have more engagement. And just, yeah, that's really what that is about this, is that the pioneer, the pioneering thing isn't going to matter that much. It isn't going to change the fact that this was not well executed because it was not a good idea, in my opinion. And I don't want to shit on her. Like, that's the worst part. I feel bad because I feel like I'm attacking a person. I'm not. You doing that is incredible. That's amazing. I wanted to do this because that's so amazing. But it felt like it was something that could be problematic, and it ended up not being problematic at all. It ended up just not having an impact in the way we might think it would. I don't think this is going to open up more doors. This is just the fact that you were first in line. And hey, 
Somebody has to be first in line. Somebody has to do that. You doing it is amazing. But by golly, was this a bad idea? And I don't think that a lot of companies are going to be willing to do this stuff again. Because when you see this, I, I want to make this point. I don't know if it's going to sell out by the end of the year 2021. I am very, very suspect. I think it's very suspect if it does. I genuinely don't think it will. I don't think that this NFT is going to sell out by the year, by the end of the year. And if it doesn't, that's really bad. Because there's only 50 of them. NFTs are supposed to be this huge craze that everyone's into. You're the first of... I was like, this is the first one. And within a month, you couldn't even sell 50 of them. Not you, but the company. And that's a big time problem. And I have now rambled on and on off of my points. So let me just do a good old-fashioned wrap-up of the everything. So what, what, what was the point of all of this? Well... It was to discuss that first, the idea of match point is actually really good, and the idea of, uh, you know, partnering with another company uh, to help athletes deal with the whole NIL stuff and with brands and all of that is really good and should be done at a lot of universities. That's number one. Number two, now you know what an NFT is, that it does not work the way you think, that the way it's been mentioned, unless you know about it. Um or the way you might have thought it would have worked. It just doesn't work, basically. It doesn't work. Um, I've explained, I think, why people buy it, because that's, like, the majority of this has been stores of value. Uh, there are people who do buy it because they enjoy the thing. Like, we've got the NBA NFT, which, yeah, I guess some people found that cool. But, like, most people aren't going to buy that when they can find the clips online for free. Because, and this is a simple business strategy, why would you spend money on something when you can get it for free? It's just a simple question. Why would you spend money when you just don't have to? It is the easiest thing in the world. And if you are thinking of selling something, better make sure you don't give something away for free when you want people to pay for it. Um, and that this is just a bad idea. Or at least a poorly executed one. I don't want to say bad, necessarily. It didn't blow up in anyone's faces. Nobody got hurt from doing this. It just wasn't the right one. It just ends up being one that didn't work. It's one of many in the long litany of failed ideas. And that's great. That's fine. Because in that litany of failed ideas, eventually what comes out of it is a, what comes out of it is a success. What comes out of it is something good. Something better than we had before. But you need to fail 10,000 times before you can steal a light bulb. Not invent one, Thomas. You didn't invent that. But yeah. So, in conclusion, while this is a big deal for someone, for her, in the grand scheme of what NIL is and everything like that, this is just going to go down as a thing that happened. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to say it's anything else, I think is just overstating it a bit. I just think that's an overstatement. We don't want to overstate things here. That doesn't make sense. We just want to be honest with ourselves. And we should be honest with ourselves about 
what we're doing. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. That was a long ramble. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to how I broke this down. Um, I really actually enjoyed looking through this and seeing, okay, maybe this, maybe that, and then coming to that conclusion of, well, this just doesn't work. Maybe something else will. Because here's the thing. She's got another deal with a clothing company. I don't know how well that's going, but it must be going better than this. There's no way it isn't going better than this. Because that is a... Like, that is for your audience. Your audience is going to gravitate towards that. Because your audience is women. It's girls and women. They're going to be more likely to buy, you know, clothes for them than this weird thing. Because most people aren't buying that and it's just ah, NFT really dumb idea whoever pitched that idea to Matchpoint Matchpoint why you decided to do this that's my question I don't know if I'll ever get an answer to it but frankly it doesn't seem to be working oopsie daisy move along just yeah so hopefully again you've enjoyed this ramble on and on and on and on and on. I don't know how I managed to get 45 minutes out of this is a lie that I just told myself. It's because I couldn't shut up. And yeah, um, hopefully it was somewhat cohesive and you understood my points. And uh, if you did, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So if you enjoyed this, why not share it with someone else here? Because, uh, you know, this was fun for me. And hopefully if you you know, if you think someone else will think it's fun, you give it to them. Bring some joy to their life. Do that. That's what you got to do every day. I think that's important. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S, P-O-R-T-S. Um, if you found this on Instagram, yes, that's right. I made a goal to go Instagram page. Um, hi. Yeah, I made a goal to go Instagram page. Uh, it's, I believe goal to go and there's a period in between the uh first words because you can't use spaces on instagram so instead i use periods um yeah so that's been that this has been a goal to go special episode ramble thingy hope you enjoyed it i will see you tomorrow for the goal to go show then friday is the goal to go kickoff show and then we're gonna have an episode of the two-point conversion coming out on monday as we should, because the Saints play on Sunday. So, until the next time, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been a special presentation of Goal to Go. Until next time, bye-bye.